Stay tuned for TKO. And my guest today is Sheriff Matt Kendall. Stay tuned. Good morning. I'm Karen Audubonny. So we're going to have Sheriff uh, Matt Kendall on, but first I want to do a little bit of housekeeping here. Um, for the last few weeks, we've been in what we call a silent drive or a quiet drive here at KZWAX for our uh, spring pledge drive. Um, but we're going to be coming up on a flash drive, which is going to be more intense and really get you to go to the phones. And that's happening uh, on the 22nd through the 17th. Unfortunately, I'm not going to have a show until the 28th when I'm going to have the DA of Mendocino County on, David Eister. So what I'm going to do today, here we go. Uh, we're up to, in our quiet drive, we're up to $27,000. We need we need to get in about 100000 to keep this gig going here. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to do a special um, match. All right, listeners, everybody, I'm going to match everybody that calls in to 895-2324. They're going to have, they've got people out there that are going to take your donation. Or you can go to www.kzyx.org and hit the little red or the big red donate button. And I'm going to match everything that comes in in this hour today because that's how much I am dedicated to this no, it's not an experiment anymore. We've made it happen. This is we were over 30 years. I've been here since the beginning. But this is such an important venue for our community, I feel, and I hope you feel the same way. That's why I do these shows. That's why I've been covering the political uh, situations or the political issues in Mendocino County for more years than I want to tell you about. And that's why I drive, you know, half an hour each way to come to this station every other week to get you the information that I think is important and I hope you feel. So this is my commitment. I'm going to match everything up to my, um, <laughs> I made, I'm going to cap it off at my stimulus, the last stimulus check I got, right? The one in the mail. Don't even know how much it is yet. Um, anyway, I'm going to match up to my stimulus check. How's that? For anybody that calls in in this hour and does uh, does a donation for K2X and Z. So uh, go for it, folks. You got it. 895-2324. Somebody will take your pledge. www.kzwax.org, the big donate button. Or you can also mail it in at P.O. Box 1 in Philo with 95466. All right. That being said... I'm going to get my guest on the air here. Let's do it now. Matt Kendall, are you with us? I am. I am. How are you, Karen? I'm doing okay. Uh, it's been a long couple weeks with board meetings. Um, I've been Zooming and streaming the board meetings. Um, the reason I got Matt on is that uh, we had a big, long board meeting Monday where the supervisors got together. And most of it, it was, was about... Um, cannabis cannabis enforcement what are we doing around all the stuff that's not legal this people that are not involved in the process of getting legal and there was a big section on water but i find this year that these two these two issues are really going to mesh because of the lack of water so anyway i asked the sheriff to come on to talk about um, from his perspective, and he's in the thick of this, what's going on with cannabis enforcement? Because as I've said on my show in the past, I live, I have a high ridge, and I see all this development. And then I hear about all these all these uh, hoop houses going up in Redwood Valley and Potter Valley, and that's not even talking about Covalo. So, Matt, Kendall, um, 
the board meeting Monday. You got a lot of information. You got a lot of information out. Um, where are we with enforcement? What's going on? Well, we're sitting in a very good place with enforcement right now um, because everything has to start with the needs of the people. And we have a very good board. I don't know uh, if you've been watching, uh, and I'm talking to the listeners out there, not you, Karen, but <laughs> if the listeners out there have been watching the board, the board uh, is working extremely hard. Supervisors Williams and Hashtag have put a shoulder into getting drilling down into the information and trying to take a look at the needs of everyone. And when you're seeing the board really, truly pay attention to these things and they're coming up with votes, um, you know, where they are not split, it tells me that everybody is listening and everybody is getting good, valid information. Um, This is the first time that the board, in my experience of watching it for, you know, 30 plus years now, um, has really taken on a real focus of it's time to get in front of these problems. And the other nice thing is everybody is beginning to realize that public safety and the environment are absolutely connected. They just are. We've seen all of these different things that we normally would say, well, you know, that's that those are environmental concerns, but those environmental concerns are impacting our public. And I can tell you that as the sheriff, the environmental concerns will impact everything that I do because public safety is paramount. And whether it be evacuations due to wildfires, education, things like that, um, it serves us better when when everybody is working together and not against each other. Um, so I think we're getting somewhere. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we had talked about is that um, it seems like we... When, when the legalization came in, I think there was this idea that, oh, wow, now everybody's going to get legal and they're going to jump into the process. All right. Um, I, I really do. I think that's what we all thought. This is great. People are going to get legal. We're not going to have to deal with this stuff. And that hasn't, from what I've seen, that hasn't been the case. Um, there's like a thousand permits out there they're working on. But the growth of the hoop houses especially has really been off the chart. Um, and I don't know. It's, it's a complicated situation because there's so many. You talk about safety issues. I look at it from a quality of life issue. The quality of life in that the people that have been living here for years are now having to deal with the hoop houses in their view shed, which, okay, they're dealing with lights in their view shed. They're dealing with noise in their view, in their, you know, generators and stuff like that. Um, And so I hear I hear this frustration with community members. I hear frustration from Covalo. I hear lots of frustration from Redwood Valley and Potter Valley with the amount of stuff that's going on. And I, I know we all wanted to assume that they were all going to be legal and stuff, but that's not what I'm hearing. Code enforcement, they got 300 um, complaints last year around, uh, that's this is building and planning is the code enforcement. Maybe we should step back a bit. Maybe we should step back a bit and say, who does the enforcement? Let's start there, Matt. Who does the enforcement? We have uh, building and planning, which is supposed to do the civil side of it, as we call it, right? Yes. So that was the other thing I learned, uh, got aware of and really got cognizant of on Monday was that you have the civil side of growing and cannabis industry. Then you've got the criminal side. Yes. 
Okay, so when we talk about the civil side, that's the building and planning department and the enforcement with all the cannabis ordinances, correct? Yes. Okay, and then we have the criminal side, which is your side of it. Yes. So explain, maybe you can explain the difference between the two. And then on a third, the third entity you throw into the whole mix that was very apparent on Monday was Fish and Game or Fish and Wildlife. I think they're the same agency. Um, you've got Fish and Wildlife because somebody could be trashing the environment in the creeks, right? Yes. Okay. And so That also falls into the criminal side of things, though. Oh, okay. there we go. So would you just take a moment and explain to the listeners how those three entities divvy up, who gets to do what, and how they work together? Maybe that might be good. So right now in the state of California, we can go out and we can do a narcotics investigation or a marijuana investigation, cannabis investigation. And the district attorney and David Eister does an excellent job for us, but he is going to want a complete case. And that complete case now includes environmental impacts. That is just a portion of what he needs to be able to prosecute. And I don't have any environmental scientists working for me because, you know, I have deputy sheriffs. So we partnered up with the uh, Department of Fish and Wildlife in the past. Um, they work directly out of our, our marijuana unit with us. And they provide those those uh, scientists, those environmental scientists, to look at stream bed alterations, to look at all of these different things that are affecting. They look at uh, silting. They look at you know any damage to uh, the environment. Now, my area is mostly with the criminal violations, and I have got it down to you know my my four enforcement objectives that I've spoken about in the past because we simply have so many grows i have to triage them somewhere and so my triage starts with number one and and these are all equal in the big in, in the grand scale of things so with thousands of, of illegal grows in mendocino county my triage starts with is it a trespass grow is somebody growing on your place that you're paying the taxes on um, is it a grow that is run by a drug trafficking organization because when they get a toehold in, those drug trafficking organizations, they bring everything that they possibly can to the party. They bring methamphetamine, they bring heroin, they bring violence, <clears throat> they bring human trafficking. Third issue, is this a grow site that is causing violence in communities or even out on the hillside? Um, when we hear, we get reports of their shooting out of this grow site over there, we will be there and we will deal with that. All right. And then... The last portion of it, and like I say, these are all equal, but I've got to throw them out there. Um, any environmental damage, you know, that agrees just damage in a sensitive area. Those take priority over everything else. And when I can get all of those knocked out and put to bed, then I can move further down the, the ladder and start dealing with the other things. But at this point in time, I, I mean, for years and years, the sheriff's office had... Uh, I believe they had five deputy sheriffs assigned to the uh, marijuana unit when I was younger. They had a sergeant. They had a, a, an evidence technician. They had a legal secretary. Now, for last year, I was down to one sergeant in there and one halftime deputy um, because people simply did not want marijuana laws enforced. Okay, that's, that's just the way that things worked. And so we received less and less funding. We are getting no funding from the state of California at this point. We're getting the federal DCEP grant to run the marijuana unit. 
Um, I recently doubled the number of people in the marijuana unit because of these problems. I was able to put another deputy sheriff in, so I've got 2.5 employees in there now for thousands and thousands of groceries. And so we've been working very hard trying to get um, more partners into the game with us for a lot of different reasons. We need the personnel for assistance. And uh, I'm sorry, but Matt Kendall is an extreme tightwad. And if I can spend the state's money and the Fed's money instead of spending your money, that's exactly what I'm going to do. That's my job. And a lot of these problems were not created by Mendocino County. I'm sorry. They were created by some legislation that we, and trust me, I was all for the legalization of marijuana as well. I don't ever want to see that stuff coming across my desk when I have homicides, when I have sex crimes, when I have burglaries. I don't want to be dealing with marijuana, but these things that are happening are causing me to have to. So, so let's go back um, to, let's go back to when we used to have camp and comic. That was when we were tackling the huge grows, the ones on the big, big ranches and public lands. And we were going in and Comet and camp would come in. They'd do these massive raids. They take out, oh God, up to 250,000 plants. But those were big, like 10,000, 15,000, 30,000 plants. And the, the state had money for that and did that. That's not happening now. We don't get that. That's not happening. Okay. I was on the phone all day yesterday looking for assistance. And uh, the camp program now consists of um, two peace officers. Um, I believe they're both, one of them's a U.S. Forest Service um, officer. I'm not sure who the, the other agency is. And then they have six National Guard troops for all of Northern California. So there's eight people. Uh, CDFW, the Department of Fish and Wildlife, has a total of eight people. For the whole for- state for eight counties, eight Northern California counties. And so as, as, as I'm kind of saying, hey, I need some assistance up here, they're saying, hey, we need some assistance too. I'm calling them on the phone saying, hey, fellas, can you help me out? And they're saying, we're glad you called. Have you got anybody you can loan us? Uh, no, I don't. So, so now, this sounds like the supervisors need to be calling out. I mean, this is one of the things that came up at the meeting Monday. Um, where's the state? Where's the state? They're the ones that legalized this kind of half-ass or partly or whatever they did. Um, and they're not helping us with making sure it's done right. So is this... And that, that's true. But, you know, we have got some blame in this ourselves. Okay. And this is not the fault of the supervisors who are currently in there. Um But when we allowed people to move into the program and said, well, if you give us an embossed, you you have an embossed seat, um, you can grow before you're licensed. Well, I'm sorry. I've worked as a carpenter on and off my entire life, and I could never build a house before I got a permit. Um, I can tell you that a lot of carpenters would love to build houses without permits. And when you come by and if you inspect it, maybe I'll get a permit. That is not the way that this world works. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, let me just take a moment to reintroduce. I'm Karen Audubonny. On the phone with me is Mendocino County Sheriff Matt Kendall. And as I said before, we're in the middle of a quiet drive to keep this entity going, KZUX and Z, and the, the airwaves open and allowing you to hear all this good information. And today I am going to match everything that comes in in this hour up to my stimulus check. So you can do that by calling 895 895- 
2324. You can do it by going to our website at keyswex.org and hitting the red donate button, or you can do that by mailing in a donation to P.O. Box 1 Philo, because this is the kind of information that I like getting out to the listeners. I am going to open up the phone lines uh, shortly so that you have some questions around this issue. Um, and I'm also going to be giving out, I had a discussion yesterday with uh, one of the gentlemen, um, Trent um, Taylor, and he gave me some information on how you can call in if you have a concern about neighbors or you see stuff going, going on illegally. So I am going to give out some numbers as to for the community and for the listeners. So if you do have some issues, you can follow up with tip lines and that kind of stuff. So we'll be doing that shortly. So Matt, um, it is a whole different different board of supervisors. They're, they're really delving into this issue. At the same time, what they're doing is they're trying to really dig down into the ordinances and the permit process as to who can, who can't, and how they should grow in the county. Um, and I know a lot of the confusion for me has been what's legal, what's not legal. Is it legal to be having a generator going 24-7 and hauling diesel in? Um, from what I can gather, that still needs to be, you know, worked out in the ordinance. Uh, can you have water hauled in constantly to, to develop? Um, that's another issue that we're not sure about. Um, so that, that's got to be confusing for you. That's got to be really confusing for the sheriff's department when you get calls and to know who's legal and not legal. So how do you, as a, as a sheriff, what do you do? First call the enforcement uh, building and planning and say, hey, these guys got licenses? What do you do? Yeah, that's that's our first step. And then we call uh, Cal, Can Cal Cannabis, the, the state licensing. <clears throat> but what it really comes down to is whether or not they have a license, an embossed receipt or anything else, are they breaking the law? Because I don't care if you're licensed to drive or if you were licensed to do anything else. If, you, if you're using that license to break the law, it's not okay. Recently, we, we served a search warrant on a guy who was, you know, um, under review in the program because he had a great big fire going down in Hopland, burning garbage. And when the fire department showed up to, uh, to uh, shut him down, um, and it was called in by an off-duty fireman who could see it, you know, for miles all the way across that Snell Valley. The fireman knows what a fire looks like. So he calls Hopland Fire. The fire department goes out there and the guy stops him at the gate and says, no, you're not coming in and I'm not burning anything. And they said, we can see the fire from here. Um, and they were sucking water out of the creek. They were burning garbage. So that received enforcement from us. Just because you have an embossed receipt or, or you're under review does not mean that you're doing the right thing. And let's face it, we have a lot of these legacy farmers who have been here for years who are doing the right thing. They are. But we cannot allow um, people to come in and use that as cover. You know, uh, well, we're a mom and pop girl. No, you're sucking water out of the creek. You're burning garbage. You, you just put up, you know, 95 pounds of plastic. And a lot of this stuff that we look at right now as you know, the, the, the uh, community issues, the uh, quality of life issues, the moment the sun eats up that plastic, it will become an environmental issue. The moment we have a fire and all that plastic is burned, that is an environmental issue. Um, and so it looks like quality of life because we look at it when it's first going up. 
but give it an entire season and it's an environmental issue we've got plastic in the creeks we've got i don't know how much plastic was burned during the uh the august complex and the oak fires a lot that is not good for the environment a lot so maybe you can talk about to uh the other really great um presentation that was done was done from uh John, uh, what's his last name? John Ford out of Humboldt. John Ford out of Humboldt. So one of the presentations to the Board of Supervisors on Monday, and folks, you can go uh, on YouTube and you can stream all these meetings. This I will say the the uh, county um, offices have been really good about putting up all the different meetings they're having on YouTube. Just punch in Mendocino County Supervisors and you can stream uh, these meetings after the fact. Um, so John Ford came, came on and did a presentation to the supervisors of what Humboldt is doing. And I know you've worked with them and talked with their sheriff and stuff. Um, tell, that system seems to be working. Can you give us a little update on what's going on up there and how you see that might benefit us so we don't have to recreate the wheel? Well, and, and you know, I, I hate to say it, but plagiarizing is wonderful because when somebody else already starts a program, they experience the, the potholes in the road. And if we can build a program based on their experience, we can keep from having potholes in the road that we have to go back and fill. And, you know, working with Humboldt County, speaking with their sheriff and whatnot, my, my goal is to have a good measured response to the stimulus because that's what's expected of law enforcement nowadays. We should have a measured response. And some of these locations absolutely deserve um, a code enforcement officer with a clipboard for a quick inspection because people are doing things right. Some of these locations absolutely deserve a well-armed SWAT team because they are absolutely dangerous um and we can't afford to mix those up in either direction we just can't and so a lot of the things that they have done is they were proactive from the onset proactive enforcement keeps neighbors happy with neighbors people have called me on the phone written me letters saying they'll only come out if i complain but i and the other guy are the only two people who live on this road how can I how can I file a complaint and remain anonymous? I've also gotten phone calls from people who have been absolutely blasted and berated on Facebook, uh, on, on social media, because it was perceived that they had complained on someone. And um, it's it's just not it's not OK. It's putting neighbor against neighbor when the fact of the matter is it's our job to investigate these things. It's not the neighbor's job to be the whistleblower. Now, don't get me wrong. I have a real problem with the prison mentality or the don't talk to the police mentality because good people tell us what's going on in neighborhoods. And when people get um, berated, when they get threats, when they get these things, they're not going to talk to us. So the thing that's going on that's different, you talk about the proactive up in Humble. So what they're doing is they're using some program satellite program imaging this has come up in different venues with the board before about the pg&e money and stuff about set, so pro proactive means they uh, from what i gathered from john ford was that they have this satellite service that they can go on zoom out on google and find these big obnoxious overkill grows um the county our county has never done that correct correct we've never done that now it appears
appears from the discussion on Monday that the our supervisors are moving towards that approach to get ahead of to try to rein in some of these big, big non-legal grows. Now, for me, I see that could be a potential slippery slope, but I also see that it's a good way that gets uh, neighbors turning in neighbors out of the loop because if you can see it on the satellite dish, then that's where you got it, correct? Yeah. So, and the thing is, I mean, I don't like sending helicopters out. People don't like helicopters. I get more complaints when PG&E is flying lines than you can shake a stick at. Oh, um, and, and, it, and it's a constant barrage that comes into my desk. Why is your helicopter right over my house? I don't have a helicopter in the air. Right. Please call PG&E, you know. Uh, and I live in one of those out-of-the-way places. And when PG&E flies over my house and the horses are running wild and whatnot, and they're doing it in a new fashion with a camera mounted on the bottom of a helicopter, and they fly those lines so fast that a human being could not really truly look to see where the brush is. But they go back and they play that footage back. And they, you know, it's it's also set up with a GPS. So they can find areas that are, you know, the, the brush is getting too close to the line and things like that. And in my world, I mean, I've flown a lot of marijuana grows in my career. I wouldn't be able to see any grows at the speed that they're flying, but I'm still getting complaints on it. Yeah. So that's, so this is a good thing. So this is a way where it kind of, you've got a different approach because it would be the, the surveil, the, the satellite imaging would be under the cannabis enforcement under planning and building. Right. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, go ahead. I would still look for those, those areas um, that are, that do fall into, you know, the, uh, my, my four enforcement objectives. And it's not that I don't want to go out and enforce other things. It's just that those are the four most important. And when I get those knocked out and I no longer have any problems with that, then I could look and say, you know, do I need to go any further? So the, the, my understanding from the building and planning side of it was, and from John Ford, which was very fascinating to hear, is that he was saying that their, their approach up there was they did the surveillance satellite surveillance they had a big grow so first off their planning and building department would send the landowners a letter saying you're not in our system you need to be in our system we're going to give you this long a time you know so many days to get a hold of us and get in our system or we're going to start levying you with fines that are going to just inundate you and then we're going to seize your property if you don't come back and what was interesting was that after they've been doing this three years, I think he said, they're down to now where they have mostly compliance. They have very few calls. Most every, and they're down to smaller, you know, very small grows. And they didn't have, they're to the situation where the small grows they're dealing with, people are coming in, they're getting in the system, and they're not levying fines. If you come in and get into the system and do it right, you don't get fines added up. So it, and, it seems like and, it's been a successful system, correct? Yeah, it, it has. And we should never build a system ever that we think we can sustain on fines because that is defeating the purpose. The purpose is to get people into compliance, not to find them out of existence. Correct. And, you know, it's just like anything else. And I can tell you honestly, we have some people in this county who showed up with a 30-year plan to raise their children, live their lives, what I'm seeing right now are people who are showing up with a two-year plan 
saying, we're going to make money as fast as we can. And picking up the garbage is not a portion of making that money. And doing things right and not bulldozing hillsides is not a portion of making that money. Um, We know that we're probably only going to be here for two years. We better make every dime that we can as fast as we possibly can. And they do not care about the environmental damage. They do not care about the neighbors. It is big business. All right. So you're going to, so the the mandate or the uh, request from the Board of Supervisors was for you building and planning is, is I didn't know if a CDF or not CDF, but uh, Fish and Game to come back with a proposal. Is that right? Who's all coming back with a proposal on um, how we go forward with the cannabis enforcement? It'll be myself, um, the new cannabis manager and uh, building and planning. And we've got to figure out exactly how we're going to mesh together. And my thoughts, and I've been working with Trent on this, uh, my thoughts are those areas where we overlap, we will absolutely work together. We build a, a team concept where we look at these things and we triage them. Is this a problem for the sheriff? Is this a problem for building and planning? Is this a problem that, you know, I think a letter would suffice? But the issue truly is, that no one has drawn a line in the sand and people will do what is inspected, not what is expected. And if I don't tell you that something is not okay, how do you know? Okay. So when you say draw a line in the sand, kind of further expound on that. When you say draw a line in the sand, we know that people have been coming in and getting away with whatever for the last couple of years. Um, where, what do you, when you say draw a line in the sand, it's like, what do you want? Well, I want to see, and I've got a few notes from the meeting the other day. We want true inspections done by people who understand how to do an inspection. Okay. Okay. I want to see removal of applicants from the program who have not completed their applications and they've been at it for three years. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) Removal of applicants um, from the program that we absolutely know are selling on the black market. Um, no one should be commercially cultivating without a permit. If they don't have a permit, don't be commercially cultivating. And I'm sorry, but we do have to draw a line in the sand because all of these people came to Mendocino County knowing full well that they could cultivate without a permit and they're seeing how long they can get away with it. Yeah, it, I hate to say that, but it's true. Uh it's bottom of the hour. I'm Karen Audubonny. Matt Kendall, the sheriff of Mendocino County, is on with me. We're talking about cannabis enforcement. That's the side we want to do. Um, I want to say that I want to put out again, we're in a kind of a quiet drive. I'm going to match everything that comes in up to my uh, stimulus check by 10 o'clock. Uh, and uh, Renee just came in and said, we have $305 that I'm going to match already. Come on, folks, get on at 895-2324. They're waiting for your call. Or you can go to the website and push that donate button and do it. You can also send it in to P.O. Box 1. So, Matt, let's um, let's just get it clear for the listeners. I'm, I'm in the hills. I see something that looks like a major nasty grow. At this point in time, I know we're trying to clarify the system of where you complain. Do I call you first? And that number would be the hotline for the um, the cannabis enforcement hotline would be it's 844-421 and then weed actually is what they told me. Or do we call Fish and Game or do we call you? Depending. No, you call the cannabis hotline and then 
My um, marijuana sergeant is going to work with them to triage out what's theirs and what's ours. Okay. All right. So, and then the Fish and Game Cal Tip Hotline. Get your pencils, 888, or you can Google it, 888-334-2258. And that would be if I see somebody sucking water out of a creek bed to go haul it somewhere, or if I got trash coming down my creek bed from above type of deal, call them, call Caltip. Is that what you're saying? Or should we yep. call, or should they call the cannabis hotline also? Do both? Either one would be fine. My marijuana sergeant is working with uh, uh, Department of Fish and Wildlife on a pretty constant basis. And if we have any of those, we, we're going to need them to go out with us anyway. Okay. So, and then, you know, the other issue in Mendocino County, we have to look at why these problems are happening. And a lot of these problems are happening simply out of habit. When marijuana was totally illegal, people went to out-of-the-way places and they started growing marijuana in out-of-the-way places. And the way that they did it, when you go up on one of these red clay hillsides that's covered in Manzanita, and we've all been there, um, they're growing marijuana in grow bags and they're trucking water to it. They're terraforming the environment to meet their needs. I'm hearing a lot of people saying that we can't afford to sell marijuana in the white market because there's no money in it at four to 500 a pound. Well, if I put a pear tree in a grow bag up on a hillside above Colo and I truck water to it and brought soil to it, how much money would I need to make on those pears to be able to, to turn a profit? And so we're allowing these things to go on in areas where they never should have been to begin with. And I'm sorry, terraforming the earth into something that it wasn't intended to be. Fertile, fertile land is fertile land. Uh, red dirt on a hillside requires grow soil and truck water. Yeah, and it so, is true. It is true what you say about how it used to be more hidden in the hills. I remember back in the day when people were putting them up in trees so they couldn't be seen. It was more renegade than it is now. So that that is does bring it into the like, quality of life and people seeing it more and being more exposed. So, um, yeah, the it, the changing the times, and I just feel like we haven't. I guess Mendocino County is always behind the curve in some ways. Uh, I had just anticipated that since the growing and the, has been going on in so many years in Mendocino County, we wouldn't try to recreate the wheel here. You know what I mean? We'd be ahead. Yeah. We'd be ahead of the game. So uh, we don't seem to be doing that. Um, Kendall, I'm going to get ready to open up. Matt, I'm going to get ready to open up the phone lines um, to let people get in and ask you questions or you know get some good questions in our comments too uh one of the one of the uh people that called in and donated had asked uh what about a nearby greenhouse that floods the light the light night sky with light what steps should they take um i'm i think i'm gonna when one of my future shows i'm going to get the enforcement uh trent on because um taylor because there are a lot of these questions that he wasn't real clear on and i think some of these questions are need to go to the ordinance side of it to really push yes. the supervisors to clarify these issues um so if it has to do with that kind of a question i don't know that the sheriff and i can answer that but enforcement stuff of illegal now we're not talking about legal we're talking about illegal um enforcement is something that we wanted to talk about today so before i open up the lines did we cover pretty much everything that came out that board meeting i know it was a 
pretty intense board meeting. <laughs> well, it, the, the one thing that I brought up to the board that I think kind of blew their hair back a little bit is if, if you're going to continue taking in funds uh, for a program when you absolutely know that people are selling on the black market, that is called a protection racket. Matt will not be involved in that in the least. And if I know that people are breaking the law, whether they have a permit or an embossed receipt or anything else, they will still receive enforcement. And I'm telling you, it's not the folks who have been here for 30 years with that 30 year plan that are doing that. It is the folks who have come from out of the area and said, we have a two year plan. We think we can get away with this for two years. Those are the guys who are doing this. Have you really seriously run into that attitude? Oh yeah. Really? Oh, Absolutely. I mean, it, it, that it, see, this is where I become, I mean, for all the years I've been here, all the stuff I've done, this is where I say I'm naive because that's just beyond me. But then when we had the Hungarian, you know, mafia up in Kovalo and all these people coming in, I had a hard time believing it too, but you've seen it. You know what's yes. going on. So, all right, folks, um, don't forget to donate. We're up to $340 you're getting out of me keep it coming <laughs> well you got to do some you know i gotta throw it out on the line somehow here so eight nine okay we're gonna open up the phone lines and get this discussion and we'll weave in and out about it so eight nine five two four four eight um so you can get on the line i got some people calling in already one thing i wanted to do at the first of the show and i got so uh, jammed with everything else that's going on is I wanted to make a notation of a passing of quite a spectacular gentleman and worker from Mendocino County, Joe, Joe Lewis Hoffman and Wildman. He changed his name years ago. Um, he passed away last week. Young guy, younger than me, I believe. Just a heck of a guy was with SEI, um, SEIU, the workers for the ca- county workers, uh, did union work, did Democratic had a van that went all over he went down to georgia to do the voter registration and stuff uh last november just an incredible incredible political animal nicest guy you ever want to met i still have a button from when he ran for supervisors years ago that said i only come for the food um really (laughs) tore me up that joe lewis hoffman or wildman passed away last week um yeah too young too soon so anyway, I just wanted to give a shout out to that and his family. Anyway, um, okay, we're going to open up the phone lines right now, get my buttons pushed, and here we go. Caller, you're on the air with us. Yes. Turn, on, turn off your, turn off your um, radio. And, it's off. Okay. Oh, thank, thank you. You're on the air. What do you got? Okay, yeah. I, hi, this is a great conversation, and I'm really curious is that you know, you're, you, we've got the question about the, what, there's 1,100 in the legal program, and yet there's, what, 9,000-some-plus grows, and how is it that those 1,000 are really the problem, the bigger problem? I'm really curious to that. Oh, I don't think they are the bigger problem, and I don't think the Board of Supervisors on Monday said they were the bigger problem. I, I, don't, that... I was just listening, and, and the sheriff just said that you've got all these people with these embossed receipts that are the problem, and I'm just curious as to oh, okay. how those, what they're doing, that's, that's the huge problem. All right. I'll, um, I'll let Kendall answer that. Thanks. The uh, fire where they were burning garbage and sucking out of the creek the other day uh, and shut down the fire department from coming in, I'd say that that's a problem. Yes, I would agree. That that sounds like one. Is that happening a lot, or is that just it's, isolated? It's happening uh, quite a bit. Legal... It's happening quite a bit. 
And it's all these places that received the embossed receipt and have not been inspected. Uh, nobody's went out to check to see what they're actually doing. And it's creating cover for even more uh, heinous activities because now we have to weave our way through this mess to find out, you know, do we have people who are legally doing it? Do we have people who are illegally doing it? And um, I'm wondering, I, I mean, how much how much of this marijuana is going on to the black market if we right now um, I'm hearing complaints from a lot of different places that they cannot get bulk marijuana. Why is that? Um, if we've got all these applicants in the system, where's that marijuana going? Yeah, I'm curious because the state said that they got 700 uh, people who are actually in the state track and trace program. So that would leave, what, 400 in the county that, that don't have the full state program. So uh, are you talking that those 400 are the major problems? So if those 400 would go away, then that would alleviate the problem of these big mega grows? Oh, no, no, no. That won't. And But the fact of the matter is, if you think that there are not um, some bad actors in that program, I'm sorry, but you're, you're wrong. All right. Thanks for the well, call. Why, oh, okay, thank ahead. you. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I mean, my focus today was really wanted to be on the illegal side of it because I know we're still trying to nail down the legal side of it. So, yeah. And... I guess the best thing I've heard is using building and planning, using the compliance and sending people notices saying either get in or get out type of deal. That's my say. All right, here we go. We're going to get some more calls. Caller, and you're sending people notices. Whoa, turn down your radio. You're on the air. Um, yeah, um, I really apologize. I missed the beginning of this program. So if this has already been discussed, um, just let me know. But um, with, you know, cannabis being moved really from the judicial court to the civil court and with the proposal of having the satellite imagery and the different new techniques that I suppose will be needing to come in, it sounds like it's going to be costly. And so what I'd like to see if the sheriff could let me know, um, I know through Prop 64, through the tax and revenue provisions, 20% of the taxes are available to law enforcement grants for areas that have had that, that were um, impacted by the war on cannabis, and I would like to know if those grants are being applied for to help cover some of the costs for the counties, as well as twenty percent of the taxes is also out, um, set aside for doing environmental restoration and preservation. So. Those seem like two things that would really benefit our county, and I would just like to know if we're applying and receiving those grants. All right. Thank you for the call. And the answer to that is, yes, I did apply for that grant this year. Um, unbeknownst to us, uh, HHSA, or excuse me, um, the uh, probation department along with uh, RCS also applied for the same grant, um, and a decision was made um, for the county to go with the uh, the uh, our Redwood Community Services Grant. Um, and I can tell you that I was absolutely not thrilled with that. Lord knows I can use the funding, but, uh, you know, that was a decision that was made. Okay. We're going to get another caller on the air here. Caller, whoops, that one didn't go through. Let's try another line. Caller, are you on the air? Oh, man. Okay, I'm going to drop all these calls. Call back in. We got one coming in. Now, caller, you're with me. Uh -oh. Turn off your radio. 
Hello. Thank you so much. Uh, hello. Good morning. Um, I wanted to thank you for having this important conversation. I, I want to point out that, yes, definitely had actors, actors in the program, uh, potentially, and egregious actions should be enforced upon. Uh, the concern, I think, from some of the public is that there's a conflation happening between the good growers and bad growers, and I think that part of that problem may come from the confusion with the application process. Uh, for the last four years, I respectfully, the sheriff said, you know, these people have had three years to get it together, but, but you know, the program has not been uh, functional for the last three to four years, and that's why a lot of people see the opportunity, providing an opportunity for them to submit their complete applications uh, to be in compliance uh, and create that line in the sand, so to speak, uh, and move things forward. Uh, I also think that, you know, when we were hearing the conversation from the code enforcement the other day, it was made clear that many of the uh, complaints are not in people in licensed program. And so I think it's important that we do as much as we can as the community to support the good operators in the program. And I'd like to hear the sheriff's thoughts on that. And it's finally, you know, I would like to, you know, make sure everyone knows that even if you have not a, a county annual cultivation permit, if you've then taken that embossed receipt through the state process, uh, and gotten a state provisional license, then you are the most related agricultural operator in the world, probably. So while there are definitely egregious operators, the vast majority in the program are good operators who have been trying to get through a broken system, and they need much support from the county and the community and the code enforcement as possible to stay on that compliant track. And uh, we support uh, all the sheriff's uh, primary objectives and, and agree uh, that enforcement needed on egregious actors. All right. Thank you for the call. Yes, the process has been a mess. Everybody, Absolutely. Everybody, at the, everybody, uh, the supervisors on Monday uh, validated that. But let me just say before the sheriff comments that next week they are having two full days Two full days, folks, of Board of Supervisors meeting with nothing but dealing with the cannabis and the cannabis ordinances and how those are going to be framed. So I think we're on the right track to help the people that want to get into the process. What I'm focused on today and the sheriff are, are the ones that don't want to get in the process, never intended to get in the process. And even if you find them up the kazoo, they probably wouldn't get into the process. All right. Comments. My comments are simple. I would love to see a fully regulated working market because you know what that would do for me, Karen? I would never, ever, ever have another robbery or homicide in a marijuana grow site. No one goes and knocks off the Jack Daniels factory in Lynchburg, Lynchburg, Tennessee, when they want a bottle of booze. They knock off a liquor store. Right. And what happens when somebody knocks off a liquor store? We have surveillance footage. We have a... Uh, a clerk who tells us exactly what happened. And right now, I have a lot of robberies that go unreported with the exception of an old friend of mine will call me on the phone in the evening and say, hey, my sister got knocked off. And she doesn't want to report it because man, she's not legal. Right. Okay, well, I'm sorry. I've got to weigh this out. I don't really care whether or not she's committing a misdemeanor growing marijuana. I don't. 
But I do care about that we have a ripoff crew, an armed robbery crew working in Covalo, Laytonville, Potter Valley. That's my focus. And when we have a really, truly regulated market, our robberies will consist of somebody knocks off a liquor store, gets the cash box, and they steal two cartons of marijuana on the way out the door. I mean, that's what a marijuana robbery would look like in the exact same fashion. That's what an alcohol robbery looks like. Yeah, it's true. We'd have a whole different whole different landscape. I'm going to get another caller on here. Okay. Good morning, caller. You're on the air with us. Turn your radio down and you're go. good to go. Hey, Karen, this is Sharon, and I'm just wondering if a grow, legal or not, because as a resident, I don't know, but if a grow is having water trucked in, is that is that is an illegal activity and that can be reported? Well, you know, this is this is the discussion I've been trying. This is the topic I've been trying to. I had a long conversation. Sheriff Kendall, we were on we're on Zoom, and he's sitting back and laughing. Um, I did a lot of discussion yesterday with uh, the compliance person at the building and planning, and I called. Water is not building and planning, planning and building, excuse me. It's environmental health. So I actually right now have a call into the environmental department finding out. First off, if I want to subdivide a piece of property, years ago you didn't have to prove water. You just had to prove perk. I've mentioned this before. Um, I have not been able to get anybody yet to tell me that I can divide five pieces of property out of my big piece of property and I don't have to prove that I have water on any of those pieces because they could truck it. So that seems to be environmental health department. But this is a really good question. The whole water issue came up Monday at the Board of Supervisors meeting and nobody had any answers, even about trucking water. Who do I report it to if I see somebody trucking water inappropriately? It seems at this point in time, the only leverage you have if you see some is somebody pulling water out of a creek bed, out of a drainage ditch, which Kendall said, Matt Kendall said on Monday that he had seen, uh, you know, water coming out of a drainage ditch. If they're stealing it from the Laytonville Water District, which they've done. So these are questions, and with the light, that I am going to further explore and get back to you all with, because right now i matt's shaking his head i don't know that anybody could answer that question for us they sure as couldn't on monday how's that thanks for the call though well and, and Karen, this goes into the next step of this is it a two-year plan or is it a 30-year plan to be good to the community and raise your family if you're setting up a grow site that you know has no water is that a portion of a 30-year plan or is that make as much money as i possibly can as fast as i can Right. And is that environmentally? Th- this is the other thing. Is that environmentally sound? How the county has been allowed to have subdivisions going on and not having proved water for me, for to me, is insane. I know to sell a piece of property, you would generally want to be able to prove water. I used to do real estate. This is one of the things. Who's going to come in and buy a piece of property, like you said, if they don't have water? But if it's like you're saying it's on a two-year plan, well, hell, I can pot- I can put truck water for two years right um, yeah all right let's get another caller on sorry i don't mean to rant but this is it's crazy you know crazyville all right caller you're on the air with us whoops not that one let's try another line caller are you there oh yes let me turn the radio off oh thank um, you that's so good so, so i have an idea oh boy and that is i'm wondering if at some point uh, we could put Ton limits on loads because one of the issues with hauling water, of course, is it 
terribly degrades the roads, and the roads may not be very good to begin with. So it could bring in a lot of money, or it could end the trucking of um, a lot of soil and a lot of water, and it also could bring in huge fines to fix the roads. Okay, that's all. Yeah, that's a great idea. I live on seven and a half miles of a dirt road that's private that I actually help maintain with my equipment. And most of these road associations, ours, luckily, many, many years ago, put in a clause, if you wreck the road, you pay. Your neighbors don't have to pay for it. But I would bet that the majority of the private road associations in this county does not have that clause. And if you've got a neighbor messing up your road, guess what? Everybody gets tagged. What do you think, Kendall? Well, I think that that young lady who called in must be related to my wife because I live three miles out of dirt road. And uh, every year after, you know, come fall, my wife is in my ear so bad about I'd better call somebody to get this road fixed. Uh, and yeah. you cannot believe the number of tires that we have popped and the front end alignments that I pay for um, when the road is destroyed. Yeah, and I'm not sure. I believe uh, build uh, grading ordinance and roads and all that. That's under building and planning. So uh, we'll we'll follow up on that. But you know, all these all these concerns that people are are bringing in. This needs to be part of the marijuana, the cannabis ordinance, folks. This is where we get. I believe we get these issues addressed seriously we need to focus on that okay folks um another plug we've now had seven people donate i am now into the station for 440 dollars as i said before i will match everything that comes in up until 10 o'clock you can call 895-2324 to do that you can go on the website and hit that donate button or you can mail it into p.o box one Philo, because this is an important entity. This this radio station allows you to get access to Matt Kendall, our sheriff. And in two weeks, you're going to get access to our DA, um, David Eister. Uh, last two week, two weeks ago, I had um, Glenn McGordy on. I've had the supervisors on, and I will continue to do this as long as I have airways to do it on. But that takes money, folks. All right, eight nine five two three two four. All right, let's get back to some more questions. Here we go. Matt Kendall, let me push a button here. Hi, caller. You're on the air this morning. Oh, good morning. This is Ted Williams. Ted Williams. Ted Williams. Ted Williams, 5th District Supervisor. Jump on in, Ted. You there? Did I lose you, Ted? We lost him. I don't know what happened to him. He's gone. Try back again, Ted. I can give you a special number, but we're going to go to somebody else. Let's see. Hi, caller. Are you there? Yes, I am. Cool. Well, you have a question? Call are me. you ready for me? Oh, I am so ready. So is Matt Kendall. So, listen, I've been in- listening with great interest, and I hear you, and yet the cannabis community has suffered long and i don't hear any good things being said about it and i think that when you have law enforcement who support uh... grape growers and timber and really have an inherent bias against cannabis growing that there are going to be a lot of problems i think that the cannabis community should be in charge of this 
policing of itself. They are more than outraged at what people do. And ordinance could have been created. People could have been stopped at the door of the county and not allowed to have these big groves. But as long as the county talks out one side of its mouth about how it supports and yet on the other side makes it so difficult, and also, you know, these 30-year people, they're just trying to survive and pay their property taxes. You know, you, you talk about it as though that everybody who is in this industry is just money-grubbing and not good people. But this is good medicine. It's good for the world. It's been around for, you know, centuries. Maybe an attitude adjustment in the county, in the supervisors, in law enforcement would go a long way to heal the wounds and start on a better path. Just my, my ideas. All right. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can go to kzyx.org to find more shows and content like this one. While there, you can stream us live or check out our jukebox. And if you like what you hear, consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. We are Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, listener-supported community radio. KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Woolitz and Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Thanks for listening.